Hello everyone, my name is John Williams and I'm the Chief Executive of the Institute of Leadership and Management and I welcome you to our monthly podcast show Leadership at the Edge where we share ideas across the community of leadership practice in every context, everywhere. Each month I'm joined by senior leaders from around the world to discuss their real life experiences, to challenge some of the outdated leadership practices and to offer a fresh take on the issues that today's leaders face. We invite you to join the conversation via social Social media using the hashtag leadership at the edge or to send a voice message via the podcast page on anchor with your questions to our guest to register for future podcasts and events visit our website institutelm.com and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast series and leave a review in this episode we'll be discussing the concept of reclaiming focus and i am privileged to have a focus expert with me christina bengton as my guest a global thought leader, international speaker, precision shooting world champion, and author of the acclaimed book, The Art of Focus. Christina is currently part of the faculty for the Stockholm School of Economics Executive International Programme, working on the initiative Reclaim Focus. This initiative was born of an increasing need from businesses and individuals to handle increasing workloads, stress levels, and new distractions brought by rapid digitization. And Christina has studied the crucial nature of being able to focus with the aim of helping professionals and the public to filter both internal and external distractions in order to stay stay sharp and fully present. So who better to equip us with the tools to regain focus in our lives? Christina, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. It's absolutely great to have you with us, and and particularly, um, uh, as I mentioned, uh, as a a precision shooting world champion, and that's an area, without a doubt, I think, where focus is is probably one of the most important elements of success. So I'm sure that we'll touch on that during the course of our conversation here. Um, I think... Focus is a word which is uh, much overused, and yet the importance of it is, I think, rarely recognized or really understood in today's world. How do you think that we can change that? Well, uh, it's a good remark and an excellent question to start with. First, I would like to say that I think this shows that there is probably... um, a longing out there, a longing for stability, for directness and for clarity. And perhaps it also shows that there is a satiation for fragmentation and shallowness uh, and unclarity, if that now is a word. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So there is a reason why a large amount of people talk about focus and use this word. Um, but what I would like to add into this whole conversation uh, regarding focus is that I believe that um, people in the first view think upon focus as being more efficient, being uh, more productive, going from A to B as fast as you can, or to peak perform even more. And yes, that is Uh, focus, but I would say it's just a part of focus. I think we need to bring in the understanding that focus has a deeper value. Focus has a connection to um, uh, our inner thinking, to our inner core, our inner identity and our core values. We need to understand that focus has a connection to the ability to listen and to learn 
to emphasize and to actually to interact uh, with depth uh, with other people. Um, so to help people to understand that there is a deeper value uh, being focused, not just in the short-term perspective, but also in the longer-term perspective, I think we need to raise this um, um, conversation and to make people, not only leaders, but everyone actually aware about the fact that there is a lack of focus in the sense of being distracted all the time, not getting the chance to reconnect to our uh, inner gut feeling, our inner core values, and to what actually is relevant. That's very interesting because the, the, one of the words in particular that you mentioned there was uh, mm. interact, and and that mm. makes me think of focus as a um, as a, a an active behaviour rather than just something which is which is passive. Now, the the how do you think from a from a leadership perspective, or indeed from uh, an individual perspective, how do you think that leaders can begin to really understand what focus is, as you describe it, listen, learn and interact, and then to role model it in their leadership? Yes, I think, um, like in many other situations, uh, leaders need to learn by, by practice mm -hmm. and they need to see uh, and understand um, focus by also seeing results. And again, not only seeing the results by reaching their goals or reaching their financial goals or uh, the revenue goals, um, but also to see results in the sense of uh, well-being among uh, the employees and uh, within themselves and um, results in the sense of uh, to dare to create with uh, quality, uh, with skillfulness. Um, I think we often tend to force ourselves to try to become focused uh, instead of just giving uh, opportunities within an organization or an institution um, where we can just actually be focused. Um, and acting as a role model for focus, it means that you need to respect your own at attention, your own focus, meaning that you need to treat your, your attention with care. You need to treat it with respect. And when you learn to do that, and at least start to think about that, you also more easily then respect others' attention. And I think this is one of the first steps in an organization, but also in the society uh, in a larger perspective, that if we start to understand that wherever we are and wherever we go, someone or something <laughs> wants our attention all the time. And to start thinking uh, about this, hopefully, can help leaders to understand that there is something which we call focus, which is not just to go and meditate in the morning, even though that's really good, but there is something more into this and to start to treat our attention and focus with respect. And then also perhaps, you know, a silly thing, but to help each other to think before we act, you know, to think two seconds before we act, before we write something, even before we send an irrelevant email, for instance, and to bring in this um, focus mindset as a core value uh, into the business. That is something that I hope in the extension, I know it will, it will make change. Um, very interesting and and particularly thinking about the the way you describe that um i'll call it a requirement although i don't mean that in a negative sense um mm -hmm. not to force ourselves to become focused but to allow ourselves 
the in a sense the space to be focused and to to role model that because whilst I mentioned before it sounds like an active behavior it also sounds like something that we would naturally do if we didn't push focus away with all the other things that we've got I remember somebody saying to me once if you want to see focus have a look at a cat watching a mouse hole and and, Mm -hmm. and it's absolute concentration all the time is it possible do you think for us to to practice, because you mentioned leaders needing to practice, to practice mm-hmm. that focus, beginning with little things, just small things, and then growing it to bigger things. Yes, I think it is. And if we put it easy, I mean, think like this. Um, if you don't know who you are, how can you then know what to focus on? That's one way of putting it, that we need to give ourselves some kind of stop, <laughs> mm-hmm. to learn to resist all these impulses that jump upon us all the time, to give ourselves the time where we actually, uh, we said it before, reconnect our inner core and to who we actually are. And from there, take the great decisions. And also, very importantly, to dare to say no. Uh, you took a cat as, a, as the example. And in my house now, if I look a little bit to the left, I have two guinea pigs. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and they act actually in the same way, even though they are, if we're allowed to make it funny, just guinea pigs. <laughs> But I often take these as as silly examples, but silliness is often clarity. It's simplicity out of something which is complex. To dare to look upon animals and to see how they actually choose all the way through to not react upon what happens around them all the time, if it's not something which is a great danger to their existence. (laughs) And I mean, we tend to act in the same way, but we do not think about it. We look upon the phone, we look upon all the requests that are coming up on our table, so to say, in the workplace, but also at home as all these smaller things were life threatening. And then we respond to them and we react upon them. If we can just practice to dare to not react upon them, not respond to them all the time, and instead actually think on our own, if I'm allowed to say so, that will make a little change. And the practice more more um, practical (laughs) is of course to um, simply um, make this uh, as I have said many times before but it's it's still up to date and it's possible that it will be even more up to date (laughs) the further we get in the future to write the not to do list and to help others to write the not to do list because we are so used to write and to force ourselves to do all the all these things that we must do and of course there are things you must do especially as a ceo for instance but i'm sure i'm 100 percent sure that there is one thing <laughs> during the day or during the life or even in the short-term perspective meaning among thoughts that you think there's one thing one thought that you can decide not to do and to actually write that down and to start to to realize what is actually distracting you and what is not distracting you. That's a simple way to start practice, practicing a new kind of, of mindset. Because um, I think we live in a, in a time poverty. Um, and I think the only way to curb an accelerating time poverty is to start to understand what we do not need and what we do not need to do instead of always putting, so to say, our focus and also building our self-esteem upon all those things that we do instead of daring to do one thing and do it really, really well, because that's where you gain the fundamental and the long-term self-esteem, actually. 
the short-term self-esteem is something that you win um, in this, you know, the expression multitasking and you get dopamine <laughs> from doing all these things. But is it really the right things? I mean, focus is not just to be focused in the moment. It's also to do the right things. You uh, see what I mean? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And and I like I really like that idea of a not to do list because the, the you know we are overwhelmed with things that we need to do. And we see articles all the time saying, stop worrying about your to-do list, it will never be finished and things like this. Well, actually, it should be deliberately finished, at least in the short term, by our saying, well, actually, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to look at my to-do list anymore until I finish this one task, for example. Mm. So yes. lots of little things. Oh, interesting, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, at the same time, and you mentioned, obviously, the, the, the things which distract us, like the phone and the laptop and, and all of that other stuff, people wanting to talk to us. Yeah. Um, and, of course, focus is something that can get and does get pushed aside by urgency. However, nowadays, we are so often told that urgency is vital to maintain momentum for the organization. Do we, as individuals or as teams, do we really have time to step back and focus? <laughs> If you look upon many organizations, the answer is clearly no, sorry to say, but there, again, there is a time poverty <laughs> within right. our minds, but also in our organizations. Right. But what I wanted to say is that the ones who um, can create time and who can create time for reflections and therefore also to be more creative and probably take the right decisions are the ones who are the winners winners in the extension because if we if we just follow this time poverty and follow what we believe we must do in sense of jumping up on all new trends and all new um, external uh, requirements of course sometimes you really need to respond to them uh, and we have these uh, quarterly um, uh, reports monthly reports etc so of course there are things that we must do but if you are a leader who can choose time and who can walk around at the workplace feeling and thinking and expressing to others that, hello, I am a leader and I have time, then you will create also um, a good environment among the others. Um, and time will be something which becomes valuable instead of a problem because there is no time left <laughs> and this is possible i mean mm -hmm. of course it's difficult in all the situations where there are so many things we must do um, and it requires your um, reaction um, on the spot um, but think like this going back to the expression that think two seconds before you act i believe and i know um, i've seen this that there is always a choice in the very second to um, to think before you act and to actually uh, not respond to everything that jumps upon you. So creating time. And I would like to ask leaders also to think in this way that I know it's, I know it's difficult and it almost becomes uh, a societal uh, problem or a political problem, but still, how can you create institutions in which people are giving the opportunity to not just develop, but also to maintain a focused mindset that is just a question that i that i pose to the leaders 
to help them start thinking in this way instead of being forced on uh, solving all the problems um, during the day, uh, if I'm allowed to say without thinking. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see what I mean? I, I do indeed. And actually, I, w- I would like to uh, reiterate that question, actually, for our listeners and to see if, if we can get some responses out there. How can you create institutions in which people can develop and maintain a focused mindset? Because that's the key, isn't it? Not just developing it, but being able to to maintain it, really. And I, and I, I love that phrase. I am a leader and I have time. Yes. What a, what a tremendous role model that is. It's put it upon the refrigerator. (laughs) Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. Or indeed, uh, the refrigerator at work, if we ever all go back to work, we don't, (laughs) maybe we won't. But other than, are there any areas, do you think, of, of, say, a leader's role where they can afford to be less focused? This isn't a trick question. I'm really quite interested, actually, in, in are there opportunities for a leader to almost to let go of that need to be focused at any time? Oh, yes, yes. It's really important that you bring this in so that we don't get the wrong perception, again, of, of what focus actually is. Hmm. I, I know I have a phrase sometimes where I say that we have relaxed focus and we have sharp focus, and that's all included in the short-term perspective, you know? Hmm. But... Um, but um, if we put it this way, that um, the short-term focus is to do something really sharp in a very moment. And if you learn to do that and to know what that actually is, it's a kind of flow state, but it doesn't have to be a typical flow, flow state. It could yep. simply just be that you take a choice and you, you stick to the choice and you do one thing <laughs> yep. uh, with a large amount of, of concentration and focus. If you know how to do that and at least know what that is what it feels like then you know of course how to get there and then you know of course how to get there more often and this is how you create focus in the longer term perspective Mm -hmm. but also this again means that we can actually take um we spoke about that in the very first beginning of of the podcast the the shooting competition if we bring in that as a metaphor (laughs) and we imagine that we are trying to hit a target 60 times in a row mm-hmm. and the 10 is only 10.4 millimeters. So we're speaking about extreme <laughs> precision yep. and concentration. Yep. And you're supposed to do that for a longer period of time. Well, from what I can remember very clearly, there was no point in trying to be focused for four hours. <laughs> uh, right. Right. The whole competition. There is no point. I would be exhausted and I would probably not win the competition. And if I would win the competition, <laughs> there, would, there would be some kind of a um, void inside of me afterwards. I would have been completely somewhere else, not in the reality. <laughs> and that's not how we create good business, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. So what, what we can imagine is to allow ourselves to only be focused, really focused, sharp focused uh, for a short period of time. And then allow ourselves when we, so to say, do not pull the trigger and when yep. when we do not so to say focus on the target yep. to do something completely different and to actually be in a relaxed state and not be focused even to distract our minds with whatever irrelevance mm-hmm. but i think one thing is important here and this comes back to to uh, the analyze of the society in which we live today it's so easy in those situations when you are not supposed to focus where you're supposed to be completely relaxed yep. that 
you um, distract your mind with something that actually is not uh, making you relaxed, right. makes you think too much, which could be often, you know, a digital platform or, yep. or something that wants yep. to grab your attention, you know, from the attention economy. Yep. So that's where you still need to be disciplined when you walk into, you make a choice. When you walk mm-hmm. out of focus, you make a choice and stop yourself from not walking into uh, a distract, distracting mode where you're fed with um, with um, crap, if I if I may use yeah. that word. And, and, well, yes, and it's very interesting because we have a we have a saying in, in in English which is a change is as good as a rest. What we're actually saying here is a change is not as good as a rest because it may be a distraction. So we can, we should not go from a sharp focus to another sharp focus, to another sharp focus. We need to right. be a bit like a, I don't know, is it a sine wave or, or a, a, an up and down really going in and out of sharp focus and yes. maintaining that, um, we call it the relaxed focus, which allows us to stay in the zone without having to be at full stress levels all the time. Yeah, and also when you're in, the, in this state of not being uh, very focused, um, you, you can also be more aware of what's going on out there and to actually, you know, analyze the situation and also to be creative. And if you think of, of terms of learning, uh, which is also connected to, to the focus skill, I mean, you actually do not learn uh, in the actual moment when you get information into your mind <laughs> in the yes. presence. You yes. learn firstly when it has um, found a place in your brain structure <laughs> a place which we call memory. (laughs) And it's only from that past or that memory that you can create, you know, predictions or creative Mm -hmm. thoughts about the future. So you need time to rest uh, in between the sharp uh, moments of being very focused. Um, Uh, It's a bit like training of athletes. I often, I I coach marathon runners and I often say to them that mm -hmm. a body does not improve whilst it is training. It improves whilst it is resting. Exactly. And this is, again, what we see in animals to make a a very simple (laughs) reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It also means, therefore, that rest. I talked about focus being an active thing. The rest, as in the the shift between sharp and relaxed focus, that needs to be an active, deliberate element of long term focus. We can't just have a sharp focus and then breathe a sigh of relief and, and just let the mind wander anywhere. It does need to be a deliberate, active, resting, relaxed focus, as it were. Yes, correct. Um, I've seen many, many people that I so say work with or help that um, when they've come quite far in life, they are perhaps uh, reaching a state where they're selling a company or they are moving into a new interesting task, actually perhaps not being completely involved uh, in an organization as a leader, but changing their, their way of living uh, and usually these people have you know reached a large amount of um, um, they are in a wealthy state uh, and they are almost in a situation where they do not need anything more they have reached everything and they are often intelligent they have a, a great network they have everything you can ask for but they don't really see that within themselves because they have put themselves perhaps in a sh- situation where they're during this way, somewhere have lost a little bit of connection to themselves. They have served the society and created something great, 
but now what? <laughs> and this is also where you look upon focus in the longer term perspective to create purpose for a person, which is not just given by from the outside uh, societal structures, but actually built from your inner core values and your inner, inner identity back to who are you actually and what do you want but also what can you do because I've seen so many people who think that they need to go to and I'm not saying this is bad it's really good but it's we have mindfulness we have yoga we have breathing we have relaxed um, practical um, situations we have all these exercises where you're supposed to get rid of distractions distractions and somehow reconnect and this is very good we need that but we do not solve <laughs> the deeper problems uh, by just doing that. We still need to go to work, whatever that place is, and take a pen and a paper and create something. Um, so you need to be um, disciplined and not just being relaxed and practice focus in the sense of being free from distractions. You need to make choices you need to be disciplined. You need to put yourself at work because that makes you feel good. You perform in that way and that creates self-confidence as well. Um, this, that's very interesting because um, I know a, a lot of people or many people would say, well, that means that we have to be disciplined all the time. And, and for example, I, I remember once somebody saying to me about driving and we were talking about how to drive and, and, and somebody in the group said, oh, I can't be bothered with all of that. That, mind, that means you'd have to concentrate all the time on your driving. Mm. And we all said, yes, that's, <laughs> it's a bit like life is a bit like driving. You need to concentrate all the time, but not necessarily that sharp focus. I like that idea of purpose being mm -hmm. the basis for a, almost an inherent discipline that we apply for ourselves. If we have a purpose, and that purpose is to create something um, which is yeah. in tune with who we are, the discipline is not a an onerous task. It'll be something <laughs> that we apply almost automatically. Does that make sense? Does that sound in, in the same vein as you're thinking? Yes, it does. Um, and sometimes it helps for people to hear that Focus is easy in the sense of being an innate skill. You're not suppo supposed to force yourself to become focused. It's actually something that we have. Uh, it has been throughout our history as humans for a very long period of time. Uh, if we did not have this ability to steer our attention with our own power and also in the automatic attention mode, also react when there is something dangerous coming up, I mean, we would not have survived as a species, I guess. I'm, I'm not the histori historian here, but I think that would be the answer to the question that the ability to focus and to to um, to use the ability to, to steer your attention with your own power in some situations uh, is uh, inherited and is really uh, innate and therefore also important. And nothing that we need to force ourselves and go, go practice really. Mm. <laughs> We can see it in kids, and I think it's important that we go back to the younger generation, and they are yep. a part of our business as well. Um, we tend to give them, in my opinion, too many solutions all the time, throughout the day, but also throughout their whole younger years, because we, of course, want to help them. But we must not forget to, again, give them time and space to solve problems on their own, with their own cognitive and emotional potential. 
because yeah. that is unique for hu- for the human mind and it's of uh, it's a great excellence that we have so we want or i want to not just help people to to be more focused uh, by by finding something to focus on but also to protect our innate um, cognitive and emotional potential uh, and i think leaders can learn from from this mm. that if there's a problem coming up and you somehow need to focus in the short-term perspective, but also to, to focus in the longer-term perspective, um, the answer is perhaps not out there. Uh, it's perhaps not even in a book, not even in a self-help book, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps not even in my book. <laughs> um, it's probably in your experience, in your unconsciousness, in your own mind. And that mind is excellent, but you need to, say stop uh, say no to um incoming uh, distractions to resist all these impulses and to actually think on your own excellent excellent <laughs> well christina this this has been a remarkable journey in a very short time through the the, mm-hmm. the principles of focus and and i picked up I think a couple of things here which are really, really important for me. The first one is this this idea of unclarity. And I really like that word because we hear a lot about the need for clarity. Actually, the need to dispense with unclarity is just as important. Um, as part of that, the need to have a not-to-do list, which mm-hmm. is a, an active way to remove some of that unclarity. Um, and then this idea that those who can create time for reflections and actually who can dare to create time for reflection will be the winners in whatever way we mean that um, in the end. And I I love that phrase, as I said, this, I am a leader and I have time. I think that's a tremendous exemplar of an attitude. So clearly the the foundation of focus, I guess, is purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we should not be afraid of that because focus is not something that nobody's ever done before that we have to spend years learning or it's really difficult it is as you quite rightly said um an innate skill mm-hmm. thank you christina very much indeed um for that uh, and, and one last thing um this is the inevitable top tips question here for any leadership figure in particular or for any of us wanting to bring the benefit of focus to our work to our lives what is the one thing which you think we could do which would really help us set off on that journey? <laughs> Firstly, I must answer by saying that, hey, there are no quick fix. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, I would choose this expression that uh, treat your attention with respect. It's yours. Oh, right. And yours only. Don't give it away to everyone everywhere all the time. What an absolutely great attitude. Christina Bengtson, thank you very, very much indeed for joining us today. And my Really, my special thanks to you for this. It's been a tremendous conversation. Uh, and of course, my thanks to our audience for listening. And I'll just repeat to them, please do join the conversation via social media using, using the hashtag Leadership at the Edge or send a voice message via the podcast page on Anchor. From all of our podcasts and events and lots of other content, visit our website at www.institutelm.com. Subscribe to the podcast series, leave a review and mention us to your colleagues. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>